Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Hebrew, man. Welcome to the show. 
I want to give another round of applause. That's for the most high, Yahweh Shai, and for all the brothers and sisters that came out, man, this past weekend to celebrate the Feast of Booths, man, also known as the Feast of Tabernacles, man. I had a wonderful, 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 wonderful time with the brothers and the sisters, man, with my family, my immediate family. It was good to get away, relax, man, and just take in, soak in nature, man. Um, A break from the, the damn rat race, man, from the hamster wheel. It really felt good, man. Um to see all the brothers and the sisters, the brothers from H-Town, man, shouts out to them, who uh, I haven't seen since Passover, man. Um, it was good to see those brothers. Good to see Brother Taiwan come out, man. Ain't seen him, like I said, since Passover. All the brothers, man, all the brothers and the sisters. And uh, what I'm most uh, thrown back by, man, is the, the children, man. To see them grow, man, they grow like weeds, <laughs> They really do. Uh, for those who've been any type of gardening, y'all familiar with the analogy, like weeds, because sometimes you have your weeds, they grow better than your crops. Our children, man, they grow so fast. And then we, we have new additions. It seems like almost every high holy day. We got new additions to people's families. Uh, quite the zop, bro. You over there just um, <laughs> dropping them. <laughs> Every time I look up, you got a new kid. <laughs> Rocket, tell you how about should be outside. Most I said that children are a blessing, man. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, but big up to those brothers and sisters, man. The water to y'all, man. Whoever came up with the venue, found that venue, man. Hey, great job. I love the venue. It was Tawab. It was mucho Tawab. It was it was great, man. Um. Hope everybody made it back um, healthy and safe. Uh, brothers and sisters in San Antonio, if y'all didn't know, <laughs> uh, we have a lost and found at the school <laughs> because apparently people left a lot of stuff. Uh, Ayana just sent us a screenshot or a picture of the things that was left, man. Some of y'all was like, we getting the hell on. Y'all just left everything. There's tents that were left, whole baby strollers, uh, a couple chairs, coolers. I mean, a lot of stuff was left. But if you're missing something, if you forgot something, man, go by to school and get your stuff. <laughs> get your stuff. All right, y'all. So welcome to the show, man. Uh, I'm your host, your brother, your friend, as always, Tyler Pa. I'm joined once again by my wife, Hasa Diet, in the building. Sure. Uh, this is ISBHPK's Bible Talk, uh, sponsored by Swore the Truth, man. Um, the home um, of the truth here in San Antonio, man. It was started uh, many moons ago, many moons ago. But uh, all under um, one umbrella, which is IS, uh, ISBHPK, that includes the brothers in DA, the brothers in Rochester. The brothers in Ace Town, Albuquerque, Cabo Cobb down in Guatemala. So uh, welcome to the show, y'all. And if it's your first time tuning in, 
what we do is we go over the Bible, man. That's why the show is titled Bible Talk. We talk specifically about the Bible, and we bring in um, other articles, secular sources to validate the Bible and to edify more, man, because a lot of people need those things because they look at the Bible like it's just a novel or um, some other piece of literature that you could just uh, breeze over. But no, man, the Bible is, in fact, a history book and a very reliable source of history and information. So what I usually do or would do is I would do about an hour, y'all, of current events, uh, news, uh, and just, you know, what's on my mind. Um, A couple weeks back, titled um, Ladies First, The Prophetess, and it's all derived, this class all derived from my cousin Devin's question. Oops, I'm sorry. I got to send the, uh, what you call out to you. I'm sorry. Give me a second. Yep. Bobby, y'all hitting me up now. I'm coming. My bad, y'all. I forgot to send the uh, the show out like I usually do. I'm trying to get back on track, man. My days are thrown off. They really are. So I'm trying to get back to the swing of things. Um, Where is he at? There we go. There you go. Just sent it out, Laviyah. You should have it now. Shoot it out. Thank you for doing that, Laviyah. Like I was saying, uh, this class I've been working on a couple of weeks now. Um, what part is this? Michelle has it listed as, as part two. And it is probably part two to this segment, but I think it's been like four parts, y'all. But it derived from a question that my cousin Devin asked me concerning um, women teaching. And he, he was saying, you know, is it right? She wouldn't be doing it. And he he knew roundabout that they shouldn't, but he was uh, curious uh, on a couple of things. Uh, so we started with this Deborah and Judges. And you can go back and listen to those classes, but what we found out was Deborah, yes, she was a prophetess. And the Most High does have uh, and has had women uh, prophets. But we also established that a prophet or a prophetess is somebody that edifies the word, which is the Bible of the Most High, and somebody who exemplifies that, meaning they're out there applying it to their everyday life and you can see it, not their own agenda. So that that qualifies you as being a prophet. But what we found out in the story of Deborah was that she was edifying the, the word of the Most High and living it, and the Most High used her as a messenger, because the prophet also is a messenger, to tell this brother named Barak to fight against these, uh, I forgot who it was, what nation it was, but to fight against this other nation and exactly how he should fight, and he did it, and he was victorious. But she never led those men into battle, and a lot of women get it uh, misconstrued, a lot of people, not just women, get it misconstrued that this woman was actually leading men, and that was not the case. 
Give me a second, y'all. All right. And we also broke down, because um, he, he sent me that scripture, and he sent me another scripture, and we already covered it in the Gospels when um, it said that these these women ministered to Christ, and we established that the word minister means to serve. But uh, ordinary people without uh, into understanding of the Bible think that that word minister means to be some type of preacher or leader or whatever, but it actually means to serve. And, and I even pulled the scripture, which talked about how uh, Christ said that he came not to uh, be ministered to, but to minister, which means to serve, y'all. So uh, with that understanding, y'all, we definitely going to get into the class, but I got to do this first. I definitely got to do this in, in light of current events. Which, man, I, I do want to get so a lot of stuff I want to cover, but I, I can't, man, because this class is too lengthy. Uh, but in light of things that are going on around the globe right now, uh, we have to pray this prayer. Here is Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we should be praying this prayer, man, on the daily so we can get the hell up out of here, man. And we can truly have what we had over the weekend, y'all, where it's just us. Exclusively, you know, and that really felt good, man. For it to be just us, us not having to put our uh, many faces on, man. That's what I call it. Because here in this captivity, we can't be us 100% of the time, man. We have to be, <laughs> I guess, um, what's, what I always say, uh, we have to be Bruce Wayne. <laughs> We can't we can't show people Batman, so we have to give them Bruce Wayne, man. But it felt good to to let our to let our guards down and just to be us, man. And that's what we're praying for, so we can have our own um, country once again, with our own sovereignty, with our own rules, laws, principles, et cetera, et cetera, man. We're praying for that on the daily. We should be praying for that on the daily to get up out of here. So let's read Psalms 118 and verse 24 for me. Read that, ma'am. This is the day which the Lord hath made. Uh-huh. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So in the meantime, since we got to be here, we got to accept the things that come our way, y'all. Good or bad, happy or sad. Most high bar security going to bring you through it, man. This is where we at. Awaiting the return of our Savior, Mashiach Yahushai, man. All right, y'all. So last week, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, and I definitely want to send shouts out to the 12 tribes scattered worldwide, man. I don't care what camp you in, what acronym you claiming, Shalom, brothers and sisters. We are all one. We all family, man. Was checking out um, the brothers, Sakari. They did a video, man. They was going into the whole Kanye West thing, man. It's on, it's on there, y'all. Check that one out, man. It was good. Also, man, I don't know if y'all knew, 
But uh, I IUIC has its own channel, man, and they're on several platforms. You can even download the app to your phone, man. It's dope, y'all. It's really dope. I was uh, just checking it out last night. Brothers got like little short stories slash documentaries. They've got uh, they have a lot of videos as far as uh, music goes. Then of course they have their classes on there. Then they have tutorials, man, about uh, cooking and sewing and man, this it's a really a dope channel, man. And when I seen it, man, I was really ecstatic to see how Israel is putting it down, man. We've come a long way, man. And big ups to those brothers, man. They are definitely doing it. I know uh, in some circles in Israel, they're a very controversial group, and they don't get a lot of love. <laughs> but uh, the brothers got my respect, man, and my love, because they are definitely doing it, man. Anyway, let's get on into the class. So last week... Um, we were covering, man, we covered a lot of stuff. Last, we went over the queen of heaven and how the queen of of heaven is who the Catholic Church refers to as Mary. Read this again right here, just to do a little small recap. Mm-hmm. The queen of heaven, as defined by Wikipedia, is a title given to the Virgin Mary by Christians, mm-hmm. mainly of the Catholic Church. So... This is who they call the Queen of Heaven. Now, remember, the Queen of Heaven is talked about extensively in Jeremiah, the seventh chapter, Jeremiah, the 44th chapter. And last week, we covered that. Uh, we found the Queen of Heaven is, is also a, a deity um, in, uh, in a lot of uh, circular and biblical is known as Tammuz, known as Tammuz, y'all, and Tammuz is also known as Bacchus. You find the Bacchus uh, reference in the Apocrypha in Second Maccabees, um, which brought us to the goddess Diana, which we know is uh, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, right? Uh, then that led us to Genesis chapter 3, y'all. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. And what I'm basically breaking down and going over is how uh, monogamy, which was a, a, a Roman construct, a social construct, political construct that the Romans came up with, one man, one woman, um, led and to egalitarianism, which means equality between a man and a woman. You know, the whole notion of everything being 50-50 or a woman being comparable to a man, which we know that's out of order with the scriptures, with the Bible. Uh, So that's what we're going into. So that that egalitarianism uh, leads us into mother and child worship which brought us to uh, Nimrod, his mother, Semiramis, going back to that, finding out that uh, the Christmas Christmas and the Christmas tree and that whole thing had nothing to do with Christ but to do with uh, his mother and himself, uh, Semiramis, Nimrod, uh, but also going into how they relate that mother and son duo to Christ and his mother, the supposed virgin mother, uh, Mary, which we just read out of this Wikipedia uh, page, 
she's known as the queen of heaven throughout uh, different Catholic, uh, the Catholic religion, uh, which brings us to woman idolatry, woman idolatry, which is still running rampant all throughout the world, which we did read that. Matter of fact, let's get that again in Acts. Let's get Acts chapter 19 and start at verse 20. And we are going to Genesis, y'all. I'm just doing a, a little recap uh, in case you missed the previous show. So you won't think that I'm just making stuff up. I'm just saying stuff because if it's your first time tuning in, we prove everything we say, man. We definitely prove myself, Mashaba, by the bod. We're proving everything that we say because the Bible says to prove all things. So read this. So Acts chapter uh, 19, start verse 20. So mightily. Mm-hmm. Acts 19 and 20. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Mm-hmm. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent in into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him. Timotheus and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. Mm-hmm. And the same time, there arose no small stir about that way. Certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana. He made silver shrines for who? Diana. He made silver shrines for Diana, y'all. So let's go back here again, and let me find her. So we're in... Uh, what is this website? GreekGodsAndGoddesses.net And what this basically gives is the Greek names for the, the gods and goddesses. Uh, you find down there yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, where is she at? All right, read that. So what's her, what is her Greek name? What is she known as in the Greek? All right, Diana is also known as Artemis in the Greek. Mm-hmm. And she is known as the goddess of the hunt. She's the goddess of the hunt. Now, remember, Nimrod was known as a mighty hunter. See that? Kawinky dinks? <laughs> no, it's not a kawinky dinks. It's not a coincidence. This is why uh, she's called the goddess of the hunt. This is going all the way back to Semiramis and Nimrod, his mom. So during the time of Paul, which we're reading in Acts, this dude named, what was his name, Demetrius? Mm-hmm. He was making shrines or little idols for Diana. Once again, y'all, this is Wonder Woman, Diana Prince, right? Remember that? Read on. Brought no small gain unto the craftsmen, Mm -hmm. whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth. Mm -hmm. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia. This now, remember, these cats said this was our wealth. So it was it was um, profitable to make these idols of Diana. Now, he said that all, all through Asia, read. This Paul has persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods, which are made with hands. So Paul was letting them know that these idols were nothing. Read. So that not only this, our craft is in danger to be set at naught, 
but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised. So she had a whole temple that was worshiping her, the goddess of Hunt. Read. And her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. And Asia and who? The whole world. The whole world was worshiping this deity, this woman deity, this goddess Diana. No different than now. Women are still worshipped, y'all. This goes back to what we're reading about, all right, which goes all the way back to Greece, which goes all the way back to Rome, which goes all the way back to Babylon, which goes all the way back to ancient Babylon. I want us to understand that. And it goes all the way back to Genesis. So let's go there. Genesis chapter 3, and let me see. Let's start at verse 1, man. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Mm-hmm. Now, we did this last week. I ain't going to do it this week, y'all. A serpent is known, also known as a treacherous person. We got to understand that, all right? Before we can read any, any further, we got to get the edification. This serpent was a treacherous person. So it's saying now this treacherous person was more subtle. So he was more cunning, more slick, more sly. It says than any beast of the field. And, yes, a beast is a man. A man is a beast. All right? They're interchangeable. The Bible's written allegorically. We're reading a lot of allegory in Genesis, Genesis the third chapter, y'all. We can't forget this. All right? Just so y'all ain't in the animal kingdom and y'all thinking this is some mythical stuff. No. The Bible uses a lot of slang. We're going to get into it, too. There's a lot of slang in this chapter. Read on. Which the Lord God had made. Mm -hmm. And he said unto the woman, Yea, God hath said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. He says, You you shall eat of every tree. Ye may may eat of every tree of the garden. Now, we already went over this as well, um, how a man can be a tree. We got that out of Psalms, uh, the first chapter. Also, uh, where do we go? We went to uh, Matthew chapter, let me see, 13. Matthew chapter 13, and it talked about uh, men being trees also. And Mark, the one in Mark, did you see the one in Mark? I think it was Mark chapter 8. Let me find it real quick. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Give me just a second. Yeah. Yeah, Mark chapter 8 and verse 24. I'm not there. That's why I couldn't find it. 
Mark, you're in the book. Don't worry about it. Mark chapter 8, verse 24. And it reads, and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. So that's another scripture you can pull to uh, edify the whole tree analogy in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 2. But read on. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. So this woman said to this treacherous person, yeah, we might eat of the tree, of the, I'm sorry, of the fruit of the tree. Now, when she was talking about this, she was talking about a, a actual tree. Read. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden. But this tree that's in the midst of the garden, actual man. Read. God has said, you shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. So it said, don't eat from this tree. Um, don't partake. This was basically saying, don't partake from this tree. If you do, you're going to die. Now, also, I like to bring this out. And I got a little time, so I'm going to spend a little time um, edifying this. What uh, What knowledge does a tree pertain, man? I mean, besides what fruit that you ate off of it. This is how you know it's not talking about actual fruit. And this is where they get the whole notion of an apple from, y'all. But if it was an apple, then why are we still eating apples? Because this was the great fall of man, correct? This was the sin of man. So why the hell are we still eating apples? You don't get any knowledge from the tree, but besides what type of tree, what type of fruit is on the tree, that's all you're getting. And when it talks about the fruit, man, it's talking about the work of a man. Because that man is, is also being referred to as a tree here. But read on, verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. So this dude was so treacherous. He said, Hey, man, you know what? You're not going to die. But read on, and we're going to come back to that. Verse 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. He said, no, you ain't going to die, but God knows that when you do this, your eyes are going to be open. Read. And ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. Now, I went over this last week. Remember, remember, Adam already was a God. So Eve was with her husband, which would make her a what? Goddess. She was a goddess. So she already had what Satan was offering to her. So why in the world would she fall for the banana in the tailpipe? You got to ask yourself that. The reason she fell for the banana in the tailpipe because her husband was being led, controlled by the Most High. And she wanted that type of power and control over her man. It's no different than now. Women still do that. If a man is giving anything too much attention, and the woman is there in her seductive ways to get that man's attention, whether it be good or bad. Go go a little while and not pay your woman any type of attention and see how she acts. She's going to do, do one or two things. She either is going to try to shower you with all the love, every, every, be, be at your beck and call, everything you need, waiting on your hand and foot. She's either going to do that. Or she's going to be a thorn in your side. I Meaning she's going to get on your damn nerves. She's going to complain the most. 
She's going to be the loudest the most. She always going to have something to say. She's going to be pouting like a kid, just trying to get your attention. Women understand this. Women also understand that this, unfortunately, is their power. This is what the most I gave them. I'm sorry, not what the most I gave them. This is what Satan, this tree, introduced women to. In case you didn't know, this serpent, this this is Satan. And the word Satan means adversary. This was an adversary of the most high and his people right here. Because we, we've already established on countless shows there were more people in the garden than just Adam and Eve. All right, y'all? All right. So read verse 5 again. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So he tempted her. This treacherous person tempted Eve with the possibility of knowing something she didn't previously know. That's why he said, hey, I'm going to open your eyes. Meaning what? Sleep talking, nigga. Hey, let me put you up on game, girl. Let me show you something that she didn't know. Hey, I bet you didn't know this. I'm going to prove it to y'all. Watch this. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus chapter 3 and verse 23. Ecclesiasticus chapter 3 and verse 23. Ecclesiasticus chapter 3 and verse 23. Be not curious in unnecessary matters. What was Eve? Curious in unnecessary matters. This is how Satan got her attention. She was curious. Y'all ever heard the saying, curiosity killed the cat? Why would it say that, man? Because what happened to Adam and Eve after she was curious? They died. It was a spiritual death, not a physical. I'm going to prove that also. Marino. For more things are shewed unto thee than men understand. And what Eve didn't realize, her being a goddess, her man being a god, was they had already been shown things that wasn't given to the other people that were on the face of the planet at this particular time. So there was a group of a group of people. Guess we got to get that too. Give me Genesis chapter four. Hold that. Give me Genesis chapter four. And start at um. No, Genesis chapter five. And start at verse one. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. So this is the generation of Adam. So it's talking about Adam and his generation. This is like, you know, clearly it was many people. How would he have a generation if it was only him? Anyway, read on. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. So Adam was made in the image of the Most High. It tells us that in Genesis one twenty six, And it also tells us how he was given dominion over everything. So he was a God. He was made in the likeness of God, which made him what? A mini-God. He was a God. I hope everybody's seeing this. Read. Male and female created he them and blessed them. And, and bless who? Them. Bless him? Them. Bless them. Read. And called their name Adam. Their name? Their name, Adam. His name? Their name, 
Adam. Who is the there, y'all? Come on, we be reading over stuff. Who is there? There is talking about a group of people collectively named what? Adam. Adam. He called their name Adam. So these Adamites were influenced by the other people that was there at the time and introduced to what? Idolatry, y'all. In this case, the worship of a woman. This is how Adam fell. Remember, following his woman, he was idolizing his woman. I'm going to prove it. Read this again in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, sorry. Ecclesiasticus, chapter 3 and verse 23. Be not curious in unnecessary matters. Like Eve was. This is how Satan got her to give up what she already had. She already had a knowledge that wasn't privy to the other people that was there. So that made her what? Special, unique, privileged. But her being curious in how to control her man led her to a foreign doctrine. So it says, be not curious in unnecessary matters, which she was, read. For more things are shewed unto thee than men understand. She already had knowledge that the other people didn't have. Read. Verse 24. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion. And what deceived Eve? Her own vain opinion. Her own thoughts of the way she thought things should be. She thought she could be. 50-50 with her man. She thought she was the same uh, as her man. No different than what the world thinks now, man. This is what the whole um, women's liberation movement is about, the whole feminist movement. We're equal to you. We shouldn't have to take less pay. We shouldn't be treated as less. This whole notion and discussion is going on right now that has the country up in arms about abortion. It's my body. It's my right to choose. No, it's not. If you are pregnant, then that means you have a man. That man, according to the Bible, would be your husband if you followed the right procedures. <laughs> would be your husband, which means what? Because the scripture says He that begets a wife begets a possession So now you belong to your man So You belong to him He put his seed in you That seed belongs to him That's why they give him his last name That's why he's known as his son and his daughter Because it belongs to him So no it ain't your body Your choice No it's the man Have his, have his son don't, don't murder his kid but this go always this goes all the way back to Genesis, y'all. This is nothing new. The scriptures even tell us there's nothing new under the sun. Read on. And an evil suspicion hath overthrown their judgment. So Eve being curious, this evil suspicion, this evil curiosity <laughs> overthrew her judgment. And she made a bad judgment call right here. Listening to this treacherous person introduce her into this doctrine. So let's go back to Genesis. 
not a fact, but hold Genesis and give me James chapter uh, 1. James 1 and 14. James chapter 1 and verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away. Now, of- it says every man. This is also applied to women. Every man, every woman is what? Tempted. Is tempted by what? When he is drawn away of his own lust. Every man or woman is tempted by their own lust. It ain't, oh, the devil made me do it. Oh, look what you made me do. No, that came from you. You wanted to do this anyway. It was your lust that drove you to do this. No different than in the garden with Eve. What drove her to give up paradise? What drove her to give up her goddesship? To become a goddess, <laughs> her own lust. To give up her goddesship to become uh, a demonic goddess. What drove her to do it? Her own lust. Read it again. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. She's drawn away of her own lust. She got drawn away of her own lust and she was enticed. By that treacherous person that was already there. You know, it reminds me of that, uh, was it You So Crazy? Or was it Raw? It was one of them. But it was talking about, no, actually, it was neither one. It was uh, Chris Rock stand-up. He did. I think it was called, uh, uh, I forgot the name of it. But he said, he said, fellas, you know what that platonic male friend is? He said, it's, it's the penis in the glass case. Break in case of emergency. <laughs> I'm going in and out. Oh, let me let me turn up my volume, y'all. I was afraid of that. Thanks, Cuz, for letting me know. I was afraid of that because I had to uh, relocate. Um I can't do it from where I usually do it at, y'all. I had some uh, mishap stuff happen over the weekend, and these people are supposed to be coming to fix my uh, ceiling this morning, and I knew they was going to be late. It's supposed to be here at 9.30, but anyway, man, let me let me adjust my volume. Uh, give me a thumbs up if you can hear me better now. Devin, if you can hear me better, give me a thumbs up. And everybody that's listening in, if y'all can hear me clear, or if I'm cutting in and out or my voice is distorted, please let me know. All right, read James again, please. James, chapter 1, verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived... And, And when I go through with my lust, read... It bringeth forth sin. It bringeth forth what? Sin. And what did Eve do when she listened to a doctrine that was not of her husband, which was given to him from the Most High not to eat of that tree? Because that was a commandment, y'all. Sin. Sin. Read. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And what happened to Adam and Eve after that? They died. They died. Now, let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. This is very important. Hold, uh, hold, 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 James. Don't let it go. Genesis chapter 3. And read verse um, 3 again. 
Genesis 3 and 3, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. See, the Most High taught, you're going to die if you eat from this tree. And what the Most High was talking about was a spiritual death, because you read the rest of Genesis, and you see that Adam and Eve were still living, right? So, no, they weren't going to die physically. And the Satan knew this. This treacherous person knew this. Read the next verse. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. Yeah. Girl, you going to die. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. What you scared of? It ain't going to hurt you. It ain't going to hurt. You know, it's no different than now, man, when you tell somebody you don't eat pork. And they tell you, man, why? It ain't going to hurt you. It ain't going to do nothing to you. Go ahead and try it. It's the same concept. Well, when somebody's telling you to, to uh, put on a mask and go to strangers' doors and beg for damn candy from a stranger you never met before. Like, that's really logical, right? <laughs> you tell your kids when they little, what, stranger danger. But now you're dressing them up like damn characters, ghosts and goblins, to go to a stranger's door. You told them stranger danger to stay away from strangers. Now you're taking them straight to strangers' doors to knock on their door. And not to take candy from strangers. And you tell them all the time not to take candy from strangers. Now you go into strangers' doors act begging for candy. It ain't going to hurt nothing. It's for the kids. This is the same thing that this treacherous person was doing to Eve right here. Verse 5, it was, it was a play on words. He knew she was going to die that spiritual death. And the spiritual death, y'all, is us being disconnected from the Most High. It's no different than now. When we don't follow the Most High's law, statutes, and commandments, we're disconnected from him. Meaning when you praying and you seeking for him and you going through life, he ain't going to answer none of your prayers. He ain't going to be there for you. He going to leave you hanging. Rightly so. It's no different than from a son to a father. If you keep telling your son not to do something and they keep doing it and they keep getting in trouble because they keep doing it, are you going to keep rescuing them? Hell no, you ain't. You're going to let them see for themselves. I remember when Rapa was younger, he would always, he was, he was the taller age when we just started, started learning how to crawl. He would always crawl to the edge of the bed. And I would always grab him, pull him back, tell him, no, don't do that. You know, and I popped him a couple times because, you know, that first warning is verbal, right? Then that second warning, you're getting, you getting a little pop out. You're getting tapped. Them legs getting towed up. That hand getting towed up. So I did that, and he, he still was doing it. I said, all right, cool. So I let him crawl to the edge of the bed. Arkai was in there. And I let that nigga fall. I let him fall, y'all. And the reason I let him fall is because he had to see fat meat was greasy. <laughs> he had to see the repercussions, the repercussions of his action of him not listening. Arkai was mad as hell at me. Because she don't know no better. She don't know no better. She didn't understand I was trying to teach our child a valuable lesson that he could start listening to his father now because his father actually was trying to keep him from harm. 
rather than him going and finding it out for himself and getting harmed and getting hurt. Because this is just at a basic level, something in the household and control a controlled environment. But when he gets older and he goes out into the world and he has that same mentality, he could end up dead behind that. That's what I was trying to show my young toddler son. But back to what I was saying. The serpent was being really, because remember it said that he was subtle, which means cunning. He was using real cunning uh, language to lure Eve in, to entice her of her own lust, mind you. But this got us cut off from the most high, disconnected from the most high, to where now when we need him, if we ain't been following his law, statutes, and commandments, he's not going to show up, y'all. I want us to keep that in mind. When we go against the Most High's book, his Bible, his word, we're disconnecting ourselves from him. All right, where you at? Verse 5. For God does know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. Right. Now, give me, um, yeah, hold Genesis, and let's go to Timothy chapter 3. Read verse 6 for me. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't go there yet. Go to Romans first. Go to Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, and I bring this up. We're still dealing with that spiritual death, y'all. So Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. For the wages. Wages is what you get paid. <laughs> you know, like you look on your check stub, you got that, uh, it'll tell you at the top, wage is what you getting paid. But the scriptures tell us what? For the wages of sin. The wages or the payment for sin, read. Is death. Is death. Death from what? That separation, you're you're dying that spiritual death which separates you from the Most High. So when you need him, he's not going to show up for you. I hope everybody's seeing that. Was that the end of that verse? No. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, my good goodness. Let me prove what I'm saying. It says the gift of God is what? Eternal life through your house, shy through Jesus? Now watch this. Give me St. John 6 and 63. I'm through that. Watch this. St. John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. Your spirit, the word quickens means to revive or to come alive. Read. The flesh profiteth nothing. You don't benefit from the flesh. Read. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He goes right with what Romans just said. And this is Christ speaking. He said, the words I speak to you, spirit, and they are life. This is where you're going to get your life from, man. Like Christ tells you in St. John 10 and 10, he said, I've come that they might have life, but have it more abundantly. This is what he's talking about. Without applicating or applying the words of the most high, y'all, we just alive. We ain't living. But you want to have that life and have it more abundantly? Pick up the Bible, man, and apply it to your life. 
right, now let that go, and now let's go to Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6. Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6. Now, all of this is coming from uh, what we just read in James 1, 14 through 15. Then we went to Romans 6 and 23, which tells us that the wages of sin is death. Then we got what the life is in St. John 6 and 63. Now we're going to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6, y'all. 2 Timothy 3 and 6. For of this sort are they which creep into houses. They creep where? Into houses. Read. And lead captives. Silly women. They lead captives, silly women. Like this treacherous person in Genesis led Eve away. She crept in the house. That's why the scriptures say, man, I ain't have no attention going here, but got to get it. It's hitting me. Uh, let's go to Ecclesiasticus. Ecclesiastes chapter 36 and read verse 24, please. Ecclesiastes chapter 36. Now, remember, it said that they, these are they that creep into houses. So these treacherous people will creep into houses and lead silly women away. Ecclesiastes chapter 36, verse 24. He that getteth a wife beginneth a possession, a help like unto himself, and a pillar of rest. So your wife... It's supposed to be like you. She's supposed to be like-minded. And yes, she is your possession. But that ain't what I want to bring out. Read this. Verse 25. Where no hedge is. Where no what? Where no hedge is. A hedge is a protection. It's a protection. Like you have like hedges in front of houses, right? It protects the doorstep from all types of debris and animals just walking straight up to your porch. There's a hedge there to block. It's a barrier. But the scripture is telling us what? Where no hedge is. If you don't put a hedge around your wife, and the hedge, I ain't talking about you chain her up to the damn bedpost in the house. She can't go nowhere. The hedge is the hedge you have to have on her mind. You have to give her mind a protective barrier so she won't fall for the okie doke. It's no different than if you got a young girl. And I'm talking to you women now. You got a young girl. That is blossoming. She's becoming a young woman. You got to have that talk with her. Hey, don't listen to what these boys telling you, girl. Don't, I don't care what he buy you. Don't you give it up. Don't you be no hoe. Don't you fall for that. Don't be simple. Don't be stupid, girl. This is what you should be telling your daughter if she's at that age. You should be talking to her now. If she's developing the little nubs and getting a little body on her, you should be in her ear right now. Hey, don't, mm-mm. Them boys, are, they just want one thing. And we know as men, when you was that age, what you want? To get your little rod wet, to, to, to bump and grind, do a little clothes burning, a little finger action. We Come on, man. We know. If you're a woman and your daughter's at this age, you should be talking to her right now, putting them up on game. Right now. Read this again. Verse 25, where no hedge is, there the possession is spoiled. So 
husbands, if you ain't equipping equipping your your woman's mind, so so you can give her that barrier, then what's gonna happen to your woman? The possession is spoiled. She's gonna be spoiled. I mean, you ain't gonna be able to use her for nothing. If you're not in her mind, if you ain't in her mentals, then you can't use it for the purpose that you have designed for her. She ain't going to be that pillar of rest. She ain't going to be that woman that's like you, that has a mind of like you, that thinks like you. Because you ain't being that hedge. You ain't in her head. You know, it's crazy, too, because... I hate to use this analogy, man, but it's factual. These are facts. People be getting mad at pimps and stuff and talking about how these women, how could they be so stupid and listen to these men and go out here and sell these men, sell their body and get their money to these men and da 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 Because he's controlling her mind. They got nothing to do with her body. It's about her mind. Y'all remember that damn movie Hustle and Flow? What y'all remember what that one prostitute said to him? She said, "I forgot his name. I I, I allow you to mess with my mind because sometimes I need my mind messed with." Y'all don't remember? That's what she said. Go back and watch that movie, y'all. I remember a line in the uh, was it the Mac? He said, he said, a man can control a woman's body, but he said only a pimp can control a woman's mind. (laughs) I'm using these analogies so y'all could see this, how Eve fell for the banana in the tailpipe. Adam was busy working, and he didn't put that hedge on his woman's mind, so she wouldn't, so she couldn't be tricked by some other slick talking nigger. That's what happened, y'all. Read this again. Ecclesiastes chapter thirty-six and verse twenty-five: Where no hedge is, there the possession is spoiled. You better put that hedge on your woman's mind. You better you better have that mind, man. Get the mind. Yes. Get the mind, y'all. <laughs> now let's go back to Second uh, Timothy chapter three. You don't do. Read the rest of it. And he that hath no wife will wander up and down mourning. The what? I'm glad you read that. So once you lose your wife, because you didn't put that hedge up, you lost to some slick-talking nigga or some slick-talking woman, introducing a, a, a new doctor to them. Because this is how most marriages end anyway. You let some foreign influence creep into the house, whether it be the mama, the daddy, the best friend, the sister girl in the world that she never cut off, gets a whispering in her ear, Girl, you know you could do girl, 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 girl. And before you know it, you notice the change in your woman. What's that damn uh song? I got a new way of wearing my hair. Got a smile on my face. 
and you didn't put it there, oh baby. <laughs> I done found myself a new friend. You been stepping out, Mm-mm. someone else been stepping in. Oh, blue song, y'all. <laughs> when she got that new way of wearing her hair, new way of acting, and you know you ain't the cause of it, you better be doing some checks and balances. You better trying to see what the hell is going on. When you don't put that hair there, you're on the verge of, of losing your woman. <laughs> I'm clowning a little bit. I know. <laughs> All right, let's go back to uh, Timothy. Uh, yeah, Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with lust, uh, excuse me, laden with sin. Laden with sin. What, how do you, these silly women being led away? Because you can put their heads over. How was Eve being led away? Adam didn't put that heads over. Read. Led away with diverse lust. She's led away with different lusts, different types of lusts. And remember, every man is drawn away by his what? Own lust. Own lust. Read. Verse 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, why does it say ever learning? They still going to be learning, <laughs> but it ain't going to be the doctrine of the most high. It's going to be every other doctrine. How how to uh and y'all seeing these damn uh YouTube influencers giving advice on how to how to trick a man, how to get him how to make a man vulnerable. All this this advice, how to get a man, how to keep a man, women that ain't got no man telling you how to get a man, how to keep one. This stuff is deceptive, y'all, but this is this is knowledge. That is not of the most high. It says they're going to be ever learning, but not able to come into the knowledge of the truth. Hmm. That's it for seven. Now I want you to go to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 19, verse 22. Because remember, it says it's going to be ever learning, right? They're still learning, but it says not able to come into the knowledge of the truth, meaning they ain't going to be learning the Bible. They ain't going to be learning the most highest ways. They're going to be learning different doctrines. Now, watch this. Ecclesiasticus chapter 19, verse 22 in the Apocrypha. The fear of the Lord is all wisdom, and in all wisdom is the performance of the law. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That ain't it, that ain't it, that ain't it. Hold on, y'all. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me find it. Let me see it. Mm-hmm. What, what verse are you in? Nineteen twenty-two. Um, what I? Mm. Oh, you read the wrong verse. Yeah, it's this verse right here. So, correct your notes. It is. It's Ecclesiastes nineteen twenty-two. The knowledge of wickedness is not wisdom. Uh, remember, it said he was going to be ever learning, right? Ever learning, they're going to be learning what? Wickedness. Wickedness. Read that again. The knowledge of wickedness is not wisdom. The of wickedness is not wisdom, y'all. Girl, you know what? If you if you hold it, hold out on them, 
keep the keep the booty from him for a while, you can get him to do anything you want him to do. That's the knowledge of wickedness. Uh, you know what, girl? If you just be loud all the time and argue with him, you'll wear him down till you get your way. That's the knowledge of wickedness, y'all. That ain't wisdom. Girl, if you uh, just cry, just cry all the time. And you know how men are. When they see a woman crying, oof, girl, you got them in the, in the palm of your hand. And you know, bet your eyes at them, girl. Do the all flattering of the eyes. And the women now with them damn eye, um, uh, what they call lashes. them? Them eyelashes look like damn spiders on their eyes. Just blinking. Just blinking their ass off. <laughs> that is not wisdom, y'all. Read it again. The knowledge of wickedness is not wisdom. The knowledge of this world, which is wicked as hell, all your little psychology about how to get a man and manipulate a man and keep a man and have a man waiting on you hand and foot and all this other nonsense, that's wickedness. That is not wisdom. Read. Neither at any time the counsel of sinners prudent. And neither at any time the counsel of a sinner, a lawbreaker, is that prudent. The word prudent means wise. That wickedness is not wise. And what was what was Eve doing in the garden? She was getting counsel from a wicked person, a treacherous person. I hope you all are seeing this. Now let's get uh was that it? Let's go to um back to Genesis to the crime scene. Now I want you to read Genesis chapter three and start verse five again. We're gonna read down to six. Genesis three and five. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and and evil. So he was giving her is that the door? I think that's the door. Go check real quick. He was giving her this wickedness that she mistook for wisdom. But it wasn't wisdom at all. I'm going to read verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, now, people read this and they say, see, it's talking about a tree. No, it's not, y'all. This is still talking an allegory. You ever heard the saying, food for thought? Y'all ever heard that? Food for thought. What? <laughs> when we say food for thought, what are we saying? We're saying that you're being introduced to something that you think about, think on, ponder on. We use I mean, We use these terms so loosely. We don't think that the Most High talks like this when it comes to the Bible. So this is what he's talking about. Let me read it in verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, so she saw that this particular doctrine that this treacherous person was offering her, it says when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, she hadn't partook, partook in it yet. But what did he do? He showed her his they women, 
this uh, this other group of people, because remember the Adamites were collectively called a people. So this other group of people that this man was from, that group of people, that nation, those people, he took her around them and let him let her saw how they operate. How else could she see it? I'm gonna read it again, verse six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, this doctrine was good. It was good for food, food for thought, and that it was pleasant to the eyes. He let her see it. And a tree or a doctrine to be desired to make one wise. But she was already wise. What wisdom was he offering her? It's in verse 5. He said, "When and God know that when you eat of this tree, your eyes are going to be open and you're going to be knowing both good and evil. She already knew good. So what did what did Eve get introduced to? Evil. Manipulation. So this is what evil is. You manipulate people. She learned how to manipulate her man. So her man would worship her rather than worshiping the most high. I'm gonna prove it. You keep reading. She took up the tree thereof and did eat. <laughs> so now she's partaking in it. She's actually applying it now. What she just learned from this treacherous man and his people. And gave also unto her husband. And she went back and gave it to him. She went back and showed it. She started working these methods that she was taught by this man and his people. And she started doing it. It says, gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. And what did the man do? Instead of this man checking this woman for coming and bringing this foreign doctrine to him that he knew was off, he didn't reject it and put her back in order like he should have. He said, you know what? Okay. That's what he said. Okay. I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. Okay. Oh, you. Oh. Oh. Okay. So he didn't check her. He didn't fight with her no more. He ain't sure she was wrong. She was off. He just accepted what she brought to the table. And now he became a damn slave to his woman. This is idolatry, y'all. I hope y'all are seeing this. I ain't making this up. Get up. Let's get first Ezra's. Chapter 4, man. So we're going to 1st Ezra chapter 4. For y'all So in the beginning of this chapter These were the guards of this king Named Darius From the Persian Meat Empire y'all These guards were Israelite guards They held a contest And they said whoever could come up with The the most wisest sentence Then they would get uh, A chain around their neck From the king and be called the king's cousin Right So that was the bet Whoever came up with the wisest sentence So the first dude said that the greatest thing in the world was the king. 
And the second dude said the greatest thing in the world was wine. And the third dude, which was the Uber Bell, he said, no, the greatest thing in the world is women. And then he said truth. Now watch this. So we're going to pick up as the Uber Bell going into his uh, take on the contest about women and um, the truth being the greatest. Let me get in the right chapter, y'all. Sorry. So we're in First Ezra chapter four, verse fourteen. O ye men, is it not the great king? I'm sorry. Let me read it again. O ye men, it is not the great king, nor the multitude of men. Neither is it wine. Excel it. Who is it then that ruleth them, or hath the lordship over them? And they, are they not women? So he's asking the question. Man, he said it ain't the king, it ain't wine. He said, but who is it that have the lordship over all men? He said, is it not women? <laughs> this is what he's saying. Now remember, we already read in the very beginning of Genesis where this took place at, and the world has been running this way ever since where you have women controlling men. It's idolatry, y'all. Verse 15. Women have bored the king and all the people that bear rule by, by sea and land. And this is where the Egyptians get that as well as their own mythology. That um, queen, mother, mother goddess, the ark, and all that nonsense from. Verse 16. Even of them came they and they nourished them up that planted the vineyards from whence the wine cometh. These also make garments for men, some about women. These bring glory unto men, and without women cannot men be. Remember James Brown had that song years ago? There's a man world, but it wouldn't be nothing, nothing without a woman or a girl. So, in that song, and this is what I like about that song, is he named all the attributes of men, all the things that men created and controlled. And he said it wouldn't be nothing without a woman or a girl. And, you know, uh, the late Kevin Samuel said something once that was intriguing. He told this lady, he said, or oh, it might have been on a panel discussion, I don't know. But he said uh, women want to rule and run the world that men made and created. <laughs> Facts Facts man And women hated that brother too man Celebrating his death and everything now, I don't agree 100% with a lot of stuff he was saying But I say about 85-90% of the stuff he was saying I can get on board with because he was telling the truth man He was speaking biblically Without even knowing the Bible Anyway Reading on we're in First Ezra chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, Yea, and if men have gathered together gold and silver or any other goodly thing, do they not love a woman which is comely in favor and beauty? So it's saying then um, this goes into how men, we get fancy clothes, fancy cars, smell good, doing it all for who? For a woman. To impress a woman. This is what it's talking about, man. 
verse 19. And letting all those things go, do they not gape? And even with open mouth, fix their eyes fast on her? It's talking about a woman. Gape means to look. This is how we be when we see a woman. It says, and even with open mouth, fix their eyes fast on her. You can be in the middle of a conversation, man, with a brother, and let a fine woman walk by, especially a fine woman dressed provocatively. You know, she's wearing a horse uniform. Let her walk by. Man, you gonna be you gonna stop your whole conversation. Open your mouth. Wow. And have not all men more desire unto her than unto silver or gold or any goodly thing whatsoever? So it's telling you that a woman is more desirable than riches. Verse 20. A man leaveth his own father that brought him up and his own country and cleave unto his wife. <laughs> he sticketh not to spend his life with his wife. And remember it, neither father, nor mother, nor country. Man, saying a, a woman will make a man forget his own nationality, his own lineage. Verse 22, by this also ye must know that women have dominion over you. Woof. Look at what this brother is saying. He said women is controlling you. We the same thing in Jeremiah. Women are controlling you. That's where we at this day and time, man. Brothers, grab you gotta grab your sacks, man. We have to proclaim what is ours, man. If you're a brother in a household with a with a woman that's fighting for control, you have to put her in check, man. You have to. And you have to do it at all costs. Because it's imperative for the family's sake. You want to keep your family together? You better put your woman in check. And when I say in check, put her in order, man. Back in the in the order under you. Because women get it twisted, man, especially sisters in this knowledge. I'm doing this for the most high. I ain't doing this for you. Uh, sister. Sister girl. Got news for you. Man was created for the most high, but you was created for that man. So if you don't say you're doing it for the most high, you better be doing it for that man because that's the only way you're doing it for the most high because that's the order of things. You better go back and read First Corinthians chapter 11. Read it on. Do you not labor and toil and give and bring all to the woman? Look at this, man. And I know a lot of brothers like this, especially Isacar, man, the so-called uh, Mexican community. I got to ask the boss. Or they at work. Work they ass off too, man. In Genesis 49, it tells you that, uh, is it 49? He is hired? Yeah, Isacar, he is hired. And our so-called Mexican brother is hired, man, because they be everywhere working. They definitely are known for working. You can see it's hard, how damn hard they work. And they they come home and get a whole check to their woman and let them handle the money. Man, you was a fool. You was a damn fool. But that's idolatry, y'all. That is idolatry. 
anyway, verse 23. Yea, a man taketh his sword and goeth his way to rob and to steal and sell upon the sea and upon rivers and look it upon a lion and go it in the darkness. And when he has stolen, spoiled, and robbed, he bring it to his love. Men put themselves in dangerous situations, man. All for they woman. Verse 25. Wherefore, a man loveth his wife better than his father or mother. Verse 26. Yea, many there be that have run out of their wits for a woman and became, listen to this, became servants for their sake. What is this talking about, y'all? This talking about a man, you, dude, you might as well put an apron on because you her female dog now. Yeah. You waiting on her hand and foot. You've become a servant or a slave to your wife. That's what a servant is, a slave, y'all. You become a slave to your woman, to your woman. Cause she make make your curls tall. Not now you weak to her. Make your toes curl. Verse twenty seven. Many also have perished, have erred, and sinned for women. Oh my goodness. Let's talk about perish. Let's talk about dying. Many have have died for women. This this hitting home for me. Verse twenty eight. Um, and now, do ye not believe me? And not is sorry. And now, do ye not believe me? Is not the king great in his power? Do not all regions fear to touch the king? So he's not naming the king's greatness. He has power, rulership, and control over all these regions. Verse twenty nine. Yet did I see him and I find the king's concubine, the daughter of the admirable Baractus, sitting at the right hand of the king and taking the crown from the king's head and sitting it upon her own head. She took her his crown off and put it on her head. She also struck the king with her left hand and smacked him with her left hand. And yet for all this, the king gaped. Uh, he gaped. He looked and glanced upon her with open mouth. And she laughed upon him. I'm sorry, if she laughed upon him, he laughed also. But if she took displeasure at him, the king was fain to flatter. So he laughs, he making jokes with him, slapping him upside the head, taking his crown. He laughing right along. But if he did something uh, to make her mad, then it says he was fame. The word fame means desirous to flatter her. He was he was desirous to good, get back in her good graces, and he would do anything to do so. Reminds you of something? If when your woman get mad at you, you buy her flowers or buy her a gift or doing little stuff, sweet stuff, or buy her a card because uh, you in the doghouse trying to get back in good with her. This is what it's talking about right here, y'all. This is not normal behavior for a man. 
This is behavior for a servant, but not a man. It says that she might be reconciled to him again. So you do all of this just to get back with him. Verse 32. Oh, ye men, how can it be but women should be strong, seeing they do thus? See thus, or do, seeing they do thus. 33. Then the king and the princes looked one upon another, so he began to speak of truth. So the speech he gave so far had everybody looking at each other like, man, he on to something. And then the brother started speaking about the truth. Now let's see what he said about the truth. Verse 34, O ye men, for not women strong? Question mark. Great is the earth. Now let's see, he said great is the earth. High is the heaven, swift is the sun in his course. For he compasses the heavens round about and fetches his course again to his own place in one day. So he's talking about the sun, he's talking about the earth, he's talking about nature. Now watch verse 35. Is he not great that maketh these things? So he's saying, yeah, the earth is great, the sun is great, but who made him? The most high. He said, is not he great? Listen to this. Therefore, great is truth. He called the most high the truth, man. And he is. He says, and stronger than all these, than all things. See, the most high is stronger than all these things. Wine, women, the king, all of that. He says, all the earth calls upon the truth, and the heaven blesses it. All works shake, and I'm sorry, all works shake and tremble at it. And with it is no unrighteous thing. Verse 37. Wine is wicked. The king is wicked. Women are wicked. Y'all hear this? <laughs> all the children of men are wicked. And such are all their wicked works. There is no truth in them. In their unrighteousness also they shall perish. Verse 38, listen to this. As for the truth, it endures and is always strong. It liveth and conquereth forevermore. Talking about the Most High. Verse 39, with her, there is no accepting of person. Now, I don't want y'all to get this twisted, thinking that it's calling the Most High or her. No, it's not. It's calling the Most High's wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to her because the Most High is trying to get us to see how his wisdom, knowledge, and understanding is valuable like a woman. <laughs> well, I hope we're saying this. Because it says in the Apocrypha, it says, How's thou a wife after thy own mind? So when it's when I when it said when I said that this the most high is making uh or calling his wisdom or comparing it to a woman because a woman is desirable, it's talking about a woman, a woman that's after your own mind, a woman that's in order, a virtuous woman, not any old woman, but a woman of virtue, a woman that is in order with her man, that's something valuable. So that's why he's using the term uh, her, because we can relate as men that a woman of that caliber is valuable. So that's why he's saying, with her, there is no accepting of person. 
or rewards, but she does the things that are just and refrain from all unjust and wicked things. And all men do well like of her works. Neither is her judgment, I'm sorry, neither in her judgment is any uprightness, I'm sorry, is any unrighteousness. And she is the strength, kingdom, power, majesty of all ages. Blessed be the God of truth. And we already know that the Most High is a man. But you see how he brought it full circle? He, he's talking about the Most High's knowledge, wisdom, understanding, which is his truth. And then he brought it all back home unto him. Verse 41, watch this. And with that, he held his peace. And all the people then shouted and said, Great is truth and mighty above all things. So, yeah, women, there's wicked women, strong as hell. But it's letting you know that the most high is stronger. So what should I be doing as a man? I should be following the most high rather than following a deceitful woman, worshiping a woman, idolizing a woman. Let's get Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23. And, you know, that's why it's so uh, detrimental to brothers that didn't grow up with their father or some type of male influence in their life because they're already acclimated to follow what a woman told them. A woman don't know nothing about being no man, but she is forced to compensate for the lack of a man. So now she has to step into that arena and show a man how to be a man. And this is why you got so many effeminate men or men walking around because they learn that from a woman. Let's get Proverbs chapter uh, 6 and verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. And reproof of instructions or instructions or the way of life. Now, listen to this. It's talking about the commandments or the instructions of the Most High, which is true. Now, verse 24, it says, To keep thee from the evil woman. What's going to keep you from that evil woman, that wicked woman? I'm going to read verse 23 again. For the commandment is a lamp. So, the commandments, the instructions of the Most High, is a lamp, it's a guide, it's wisdom. Lamp, lights represent wisdom, y'all. It says, and the law is light, wisdom, and reproof. So what does the Bible do? It reproves you when you're doing something wrong. So, brothers, if you've been this, this whole time in idolatry by way of following your woman, then now you're being reproved that you shouldn't be doing that. So don't beat yourself up about it. Don't go through changes about it. Just change. Proofs of instructions. Or the way of life, man. The, the Bible is supposed to reprove us from anything we've been doing wrong. Verse 24, it says, To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattering of her, t- from the flattering of the tongue of a strange woman. So, how do you not fall for the banana and the tailpipe? How do you not fall for those ego boosters when the woman say, Oh, you're so cute. Oh, you got muscles. 
Oh, you so handsome. And show me you know that I'm good. How do you how do you stay away from that by reading what we read right now, which makes you aware of it. <laughs> so when you encounter it, you know it's game. Verse twenty five. Lust not after her beauty. And what do we be falling for? Oh man, she's fine though. Oh man, you see them hips though. You see them lips though. This is what we be falling for every time, man. It says, Lust not after her beauty in thy heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. <laughs> this is in the Bible, y'all. So you know how women be talking to you? Batting their eyelids? That's game, y'all. That is game. I hope y'all notice. I hope y'all are paying attention. Now listen to this, verse 26. For by means of a horse woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. Meaning, what's that old saying? Your face is cracked? You feeling crispy? You feeling burnt? You feeling worthless because this holding took you through changes. Now you feel somebody could have bought you with a penny. Somebody could have bought you for a piece of bread. <laughs> yes, that's why they had them eyelashes. You're right. <laughs> it says, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. The adulteress will hunt for, precious, for the precious life. So this is talking about a woman who's married. Ain't just talking about her in particular. But it goes into talking about this adulterous woman, this woman who already got a man. She's trying to get her a side piece. These are all the things she's going to use to get them. But the way you stay away from her is by applying the Bible so you can see her from a mile away coming. Now, I definitely want to get this, and we got time. Um, let's go to the Josephus now, y'all. Um Come on, man. Yeah, I got it. Page 11. So let me get y'all the book and stuff. Let me find it first. Is it page 11? Nope, it's paragraph 11. Uh, I thought I put the page number. So let's go to um, book five. Josephus. Book five, chapter eight. So if it's your first time tuning in, man, I use the, the Josephus quite a bit. Josephus was a historian um, that was took in 70 AD by uh, Vespasian and his son, and he was asked to give a written account of our people's history, which is the Bible. So we're going to Josephus, Book 5, Chapter 8, and Paragraph 11. Now... This story is the story of Samson, but I want to read it out of here. We're going to get uh, Judges 2. So we're in Josephus, Book 5, Chapter 8, Paragraph 11, and it reads, However, he at length transgressed the laws of his country and altered his own regular way of living and emulated the strange customs of foreigners, which things was the beginning of his misery. This is talking about Samson. 
So the first thing you find out is Samson started breaking the laws and started being like the other nations. It says, for he fell in love with a woman that was a hoe. <laughs> it don't say hoe, y'all. I'm sorry. Horlock. <laughs> she was a horlock among the Philistines. It's basically a hoe. Her name was Delilah. So you read the story about Samson and Delilah, it wasn't no damn uh, extravagant love affair. She was a hoe. It says, and he lived with her. Wow, man. He lived with her. What's that old saying? You can't turn a hoe into a housewife? Anyway, here we go. So those that administered the public affairs of the Philistines came to her and with promise induced her to get out of Samson what was the cause of his strength, by which he became uncomparable to his enemies. So these Philistines, they came together like, hey, look, get, her, get him to tell, tell us, his weakness. Where he get his strength from? We trying to make this dude weak so we can kill him. It says accordingly, when they were drinking and had the light conversation together, she pretended to admire the actions he had done. Wow. She pretended to admire the actions that he done, I meaning killing all these her people, these Philistines. And contrived to get out of him by subtlety, huh? Does this sound familiar? What did that treacherous person in Genesis use to get Eve to uh, turn on her husband, to turn on the most high? Subtlety. No different than this woman, Delilah, this whole Delilah using subtlety to get at Samson. Now watch this. By what means he so much excelled other, others in strength? Samson, in order to delude Delilah, for he had not yet lost his senses. <laughs> Y'all see that? So it says he was trying to delude her because right here he had not yet lost his senses. He wasn't out of his mind for her yet. Now watch this. Reply that if he were bound with seven such green green wits of a vine as might still be uh, weathered, he should be weaker than any other man. So he told her, hey, fasten me with these vines. Fasten me with these vines. The woman said no more then, but told this to the rulers of the Philistines. So she went and told. But remember, this was a lie. And he hid certain of the soldiers in ambush within the house. And when he was disordered, and drink, so she got him drunk. This hoe got him drunk to throw him off guard, so he would drop his guard. I hope y'all seeing this. And asleep, she bound him as as fast as possible with the wits. And then, upon her awakening him, she told him some of the people were upon him, but he broke the wits and endeavored to defend himself as though some of the people were upon him. So he lied to her. He broke the uh, the vine she bound him with. He started fighting, killing her. Now this woman, in the constant conversation Sam, uh, Samson had with her, it, listen, the constant conversation. So she constantly talked to him. Y'all remember what I was saying? <laughs> I'm going to get to that. Hold on. Pretended 
that she took it very ill that he had such little confidence in her affection to him. So she was using his affection for her against him. Because she was like, man, why are you lying to me? Why don't you tell me the truth? Now watch this. That he would tell her what she desired as if she would not conceal what she knew if it was for his interest to have concealed. Meaning she felt like he didn't trust her enough and that she was going to tell his secret. You know, that's how how the women be. They want you to tell you uh, they want you to tell them their innermost secrets, your innermost secrets, all your little intimate details. They're basically fishing, brothers, for things they know they can use against you to make you weak, things they know they can one-up you on to take away your power. This is what she was doing to him. I'm, I'm not making this up. I'm going to read on. However, he deluded he deluded her again and told her that it if they bound him with seven cords, he should lose his strength. And when upon doing this, she gained nothing. He told her the third time. So he lied to her again. He told her the third time that his hair should be woven into a web. But when upon doing this, the truth was not yet discovered. He lied to her again. At length, Samson, upon Delilah's prayers, her prayer, she's praying now to her deity, for he was doomed to fall into some affliction. So this was the woman that he was into praying to her God against him. I hope y'all are seeing this. And, you know, man, I've seen brothers been over backwards for, for their woman only to have the woman leave them or the woman just controlling them for the rest of their life and they're unhappy as hell. I mean, I've seen it, man. I've witnessed it firsthand. And I'm going to tell y'all, man, if you're a brother and you calling me um, and you going through this with your one, the first thing I'm going to tell you is to put her in order. I'm not going to tell you to to uh, try to make peace, I'm definitely gonna get the details and find out what's going on because some of these brothers, some of these brothers don't be right all the time either. I'm not trying to make it seem like brothers just be on point because they don't. But mo- a lot of times, man, these sisters be so damn out of order and bold with it too. My point in saying all of this is, I'm not gonna have a brother be weak to us. Well, I'm not. I'm not giving that counsel. I'm not that brother. You might want to call some other brother, but don't call Tyler Power. I'm not going to tell you that. Give her what she wants. I know it ain't me. Anyway, upon Delilah's prayer, but he was doomed to fall into some affliction, was desirous to please her. You see this? He was desirous to please her and told her that God took care of him and that he was born by his providence, and that this it is that I suffer my hair to grow. So what he what he basically did 
Because remember, he said God took care of him. Now, remember, the Most High took care of Adam also. Remember that? When Adam was following, when he was locked into the Most High. But as soon as he let his woman introduce him to that doctrine, that new doctrine, then the Most High wasn't taking care of him no more, y'all. No different than us. The same concept. But Samson basically spilled his guts and told this woman his inner secrets. No doubt. No doubt, cause don't. Don't be. She told him her in her all her secrets. Now watch this. Um God having uh charged me never to pull my head. So and he was a Nazarite, y'all. I covered this in previous classes. Nazarite, either you was a Nazarite from birth or you took the vow of a Nazarite. He was one from birth. He never cut his hair. Pole means to cut. And he never uh, drank any wine, y'all. I'm going to read on. And this my strength. Matter of fact, yes, he was drinking wine. I That just dawned on me. Yeah. Look, I'm going to go back to line 309. The woman said no more then, but told this to the rulers of the Philistines and hid certain of the soldiers in ambush the house. And when he was disordered in drink and asleep, man, he started drinking. Samson started drinking. Now, remember the vow of a Nazarite. He wasn't supposed to be drinking. See how, how this woman got him out of his element? How this woman made him lose his integrity, his original state. I'm gonna read on. To the increase uh, in continence of his hair, of my hair, when she had learned thus much and had depraved him. Oh my good goodness! I'm sorry, deprived him of his hair. She delivered him up to his enemies when he was strong enough strong enough to defend himself from their attempts upon him. So they put out his eyes and bound him and had and had him lend about among them. So they got him. He finally told the secret. Man, I think I skipped some stuff. Hold on. No. I need to get that out of the Bible. So she went. He went on and gave her his secrets, and she betrayed him. She used his secrets against him. Now let's go to the Bible, y'all. Let's go to um, Judges chapter sixteen. So he finally gave the secrets up, spilled the beans, and she used his love for her against him. Uh, so Judges chapter 16, I'm going to start at verse 10. I'm going to start at verse 13. Judges 16, 13. And Delilah said unto Samson, Here too thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weave the seven locks of my head with the web, and she fastened it with the pen, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awakened out of his sleep. And went went away with the pen of the bean and with the web. And she said unto him, How canst thou say? Now listen to this, y'all. This is what I want to get to. 
And she said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thy heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. So this is her saying, but I thought you said you love me. If you love me, you would tell me for real. If you love me, you would tell me your innermost thoughts. You don't need no friend. You can tell me anything, baby. You can tell me what's ever on your mind, and then they use it against you. And when when I read this, I'm always reminded of this stand-up that D-Ray did years ago, years back. Close that door. For what? Do they need you? He's working. Is he fine? Mm-mm. Okay. I don't need you. It reminds me of that stand-up years ago uh, D-Ray did. And he said uh, it was this dude outside the club, and I guess he was leaving with another chick. And this one chick was like, next time you crying and want to kill yourself, call another bitch. That's what she told him. Wow. That's what she told him, something so intimate, because she was mad. She put his business on Front Street, man. Now, he told her that in confidence. He called her in confidence because he was looking to her for some comfort. And she used it against him. No different than this. I'm going to read it again. This is Judges chapter 16, verse 15. Catch up with me. And she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee when thy heart is not with me? So here it is. How can you say you love me when your the heart's talking about the mind? She said, your mind ain't with me. So what do wicked women want from a man? They want a man to give them their complete mind. Why? So they can control it. This is what a wicked woman would do. So verse 15, read that for me again. Judges chapter 16 and verse 15. And she said unto him, how canst thou say I love thee? When thine heart is not with me. How can you say that? Your heart, your, you didn't give me your mind. See? Thou hast mocked me these three times mm-hmm. and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. Mm-hmm. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with she, her words. She, she did what? Pressed him daily with her words. She was nagging. Every day she was nagging. That's what it means to press daily with your words. And, and what are wicked women known for doing? Nagging the hell out of, out of a man to get what they want. Read. And urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. She vexed this dude. She got on his last damn nerve. He couldn't get no peace. Sound familiar, y'all? Read. That he told her all his heart and said unto her. He went on and spilt the beans. Gave her his secret, the secret to his strength. And this is what we be doing, man, brothers. Y'all be giving away y'all strength. Well, your woman ain't supposed to know your innermost details. That's something you should be sharing with a brother so you can get some counsel over it. Man, matter of fact, let me prove that. Because y'all think, man, look. Y'all think because the prize is, like I said, he man hating club, making stuff up. 
That ain't the case, y'all. I'm doing what the Bible says to do. Be mad at me. Be work, be mad at, at the Father. I'm following his example, his instructions. Let's get Micah chapter 7 and verse 5. Micah chapter 7 and verse 5. Watch this. Trust ye not in a friend. Mm-hmm. Put ye not confidence in a guide. Mm-hmm. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. It says what? Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. Keep your tongue in park from her that lieth in your bosom. What is talking about pillow talk? What what we like to do, fellas, ladies, after after the act? Have some good old pillow talk. And that pillow talk, bruh, I hope y'all understand. We're, men, we're at our most vulnerable. After we squares one off. <laughs> you don't think they know that? You don't think women know that? <laughs> you don't think they know that? Pillow talk where you're sharing your intimate details with them? Don't do it, bro. Talk a little bit. Don't be telling no good stuff. And then go to sleep, take a nap. Like a normal man. <laughs> Read that again. Trust ye not in a friend, put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. Keep your tongue in part. Now let's get uh Mark chapter six verse twenty one. Mark chapter six verse twenty one. And when a convenient day was come, that Herod, on his birthday, made a supper to his lord. So this is Herod, a Roman, an Edomite. He made supper. He made a party. Read. High captains and chief estates of Galilee. And when the daughter of, of the said Herod, Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod. She did what? Danced and pleased Herod. She was dancing for him. What type of dance you think she was doing where it says she plead, she danced and pleased him? What type, what type of dancing did you watch a witness a woman do that pleased you, fellas? We've been there. We, we've all been to that place. It's the script club. She was dancing provocatively for this dude. Read on. And pleased Herod and them that sat with him. The king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt. He said, Girl, whatever you want, just let me know. I got you. The T.I.'s tricking song. You can have whatever you like. You can have whatever you like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Read. <laughs> Ask of me whatever thou, whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. I'll give it to you, girl. Read. And he swore unto her, Whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. Girl, I'll give you half. I won't have any. You can have half. You can have whatever you like. You see this man? He was tricking at the highest level. Read. And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? 
and she said, "See who does who does she go and counsel with? Her mother, the Queen Ho. She's little Ho mom, Queen Ho. Is this what they? This is what goes on right now, brothers. These wicked, wicked women. These, these. I ain't saying all women are wicked. I'm not saying that. This is what a wicked woman does. She went and counseled with a whole mama. Mama, what should I ask this nigga for? Read." And she said, the head of John the Baptist. And this is how we lost our beloved brother John the Baptist. All over damn uh, lap dance. John the Baptist was beheaded. Let's get Proverbs 31 and 1. This is going to be the last scripture, y'all. And I'm officially uh, done with this topic after this scripture. Keep <laughs> moving on. 31 and verse 1 and 1 the words of King Lemuel the prophecy that his mother taught him so this man was taught this by a woman a righteous woman read what my son and what the son of my womb and what the son of my vows Give not thy strength unto women. The first thing she told this dude was what? Give not thy strength unto women. Don't be weak to your woman. Read. Nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Because he's letting you. She said this is how kings are destroyed. Let me down wars and fight over, fought over women. Y'all go back and watch the story of Troy. He's fighting over this hoe, this adulterous hoe. She said, don't do that, son. This was a woman telling her son about other women. Y'all, brothers, that is idolatry. When you weak to your woman, when you worship your woman in the ground she walk on, that is idolatry and the most high fiercely forbids it. That's why he keeps putting us in captivity because of our, our, our idolatry. So this is why, because they're talking about women can be preachers and they they can be uh, the counterpart of a man or they're equal with a man, egalitarianism. No, that is idolatry. So, yeah, I'm going to end up this class with that scripture right there, with that in mind. I hope everybody got some out of the class. I hope it was edifying. Cuz, keep coming with your questions. Mashaba the water for hooking up the broadcast. Until next time, y'all, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to please tune in to Taza Pod. Tuesdays. Taza Pod. Tuesdays. Taza Pod. Tuesdays. Every Tuesday. The water, y'all. Shalom. Shalom.